0: Hey, everybody, Sam Marisek here, and I'm the host of the podcast, The Dietitianist. Combine the words dietitian and nutritionist. You get the gist. And I am so excited to be here with my friend, Sydney Rebellino, and she is a doula, hails from the Queen City. And this afternoon, we're gonna be talking about what exactly a doula does and all of the benefits as well as how that ties into relationship with food and transitioning throughout pregnancy, birth, and that postpartum period. So I am going to let you, Sydney, introduce yourself and talk a little bit about the practice that you share. Before Sydney goes ahead and introduces herself, I want to make sure... My go-to disclaimer here, before we get any deeper into this week's episode, keep in mind that this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only. It does not constitute a client-provider relationship, nor should it be used for individualized medical nutrition therapy advice. Should you have specific nutrition-related questions, I encourage you to contact me directly.
1: Yeah, So my name is Sydney, and I uh, became interested in childbirth and all of the things that wrap around that whole topic Um, after the birth of my first son, who is now seven. um, I didn't even know what a doula was at the time when I had him. Um, I kind of just went along with the normal route of you go see your OB, you have a baby, that's that. Um, But afterwards kind of felt like... I feel like this experience was fine, but there was room for improvement as far as how I felt about my birth experience. Um, just feeling like very in the dark about what was happening with my body during pregnancy during the birth process and then postpartum um, so I took a training for uh, to become a doula and just fell in love with the whole the whole thing. Um, so just to explain what a doula does, it basically, we are a partner with you through your pregnancy, birth experience, and postpartum period. Um, and that kind of comes in four pillars. So we do physical, informational, emotional, and family support. Um, so basically, we meet with our clients post or pre- prenatally. Um, and just talk about their birth options. There's a lot of things that um, you're not really told in the prenatal part of the journey, um, just because a lot of the practice model with um, traditional care uh, is, it's just very in and out. It's not very personalized or individualized to uh, like your needs in pregnancy. So we try Mm -hmm. to kind of fill, fill some of those gaps that might be necessary if, you know, depending on who your provider is, just answering questions about, you know, my provider said I need X, Y, Z, what does that mean? What are the risks, benefits type of thing? So mm-hmm. that's just the basic gist. Um, and then we come to your birth. Basically, we mm-hmm. provide physical support, help you get through the contractions, just kind of help you meet whatever your goal is for the birth. So some people want unmedicated birth, so we can help with that goal. Um, some people just really want to feel calm and they don't, they want to know what's going on, um, and having somebody to like advocate for them, um, in the birth room. So we'll do that. Um, and then after that, we help establish breastfeeding and meet up with you again, postpartum and just make sure you're getting all the support that you need. Uh, we make a lot of referrals out to other specialties too, nutrition, um, lactation, pelvic floor therapy, that kind of thing. That's a lot of information at once, but that's the kind of general overview.
0: (laughs) No, I think you summarized it, you know, to a T and my takeaway was almost a advocate because even from one pregnancy to another, but especially a first time mom, mom to be, there are so many things you don't know and experience is the best teacher. However, you know, Mm -hmm. if we can make the experience a more positive one overall, Um, I think that that's the end goal for all parties involved. Am I hearing you correctly?
1: Yeah, it's just a situation of like, you don't know what you don't know. So it's just Mm -hmm. like having somebody to walk alongside you and say, hey, this might be helpful for what you're experiencing. Um, You know, somebody that's having pain because of their pregnancy in their back or whatever, just having somebody that kind of can give you the resources, whether it's informational resources or just emotional support, just being there to be like, hey, I understand this is really hard. And kind of providing mm. tools in like an emotional capacity too. Um, but yeah.
0: Noted. And I haven't used a doula in the past, but I feel like it would have been so beneficial. What does mm. insurance coverage typically look like for someone who's seeking the services of a doula?
1: So insurance is really spotty with doula care. There are a couple insurance providers, I you know, like United Healthcare is starting to cover more doula support. A lot of it is self-pay though. Mm. Um and I think that's changing um, a little bit over time, but typically we do self-pay. So we we upon getting hired, we do a deposit, and then you pay the final fee kind of towards the end of your pregnancy. We try to make it as manageable as possible. And um, our specific practice, we do like a sliding scale mm-hmm. um, for two reasons. One is to make it more affordable because when you're pregnant, there are a lot of expenses. You know, if you're going to chiropractor and pelvic floor therapy and whatever else you might need, um, it racks up quickly. So we mm-hmm. do a sliding scale where you kind of choose what, what's accessible for you. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second reason why we do that is that we provide dual services for teen moms um, free of mm-hmm. charge. So that just makes it a, a little bit more sustainable for us as,
0: you know, practitioners just to be able to kind of keep offering that. Sydney, I did not realize that and forgive me for not noticing that on y'all's no, website. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, we don't, that,
1: we don't, yeah.
0: That is such a, um, a speechless, I guess. Like, wow. Um, the fact that that is available to help, you know, and someone who's in a situation where, um, you know, they may not have that financial piece of the puzzle uh, or totally. be at a disadvantage in that way. So that that is um, really neat that Wyborski and Rebellino, I think I got it right. You got it. <laughs> it's a tricky one. Offers <laughs> that, so... Switching gears a little bit, tell me what is your favorite aspect about what you do as a doula? Gosh,
1: so many things. I was just talking to my friend yesterday about how like when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. Um, just building those relationships with clients. And it's such an intimate part of your life and such a transformative part of your life, like becoming a mother or becoming a mother of two or whatever, becoming a, a family um, and being in, in, invited into that is so special and so I never want to like overlook the fact that like um it's a really vulnerable time for a lot of people there's a lot of emotions involved and so um I just love building those relationships and feeling like we're both getting value out of what we're doing like I feel a real connection to all of my clients and it's when they when it's time to like wrap up professionally I'm like oh I don't want to say goodbye because it's like you're watching them become a mom Like, it's the coolest thing Mm. in the entire world. So I think the relational piece is my favorite part. Uh, But just also seeing um, how incredible women are, (laughs) like, has been so cool to see. Like, no matter how your baby comes out, whether it's a C-section, unmedicated birth, an epidural, whatever, like, it's huge. (laughs) It's a huge physical thing, emotional thing, Um, you know? So it's like, it's just really cool to be able to see what comes out of women in these moments where it's just really tough um, Mm -hmm. and really beautiful. So I just think all around, I just feel thankful that this is
0: even an option
1: as a career.
0: I, I would probably say something similar to that question as well. And given the fact that you and I are both in helping professions, one of the most rewarding pieces is, even though it is sad to potentially part ways with a client, it's like, oh my gosh, like, they are so equipped and empow- empowered that, you know, they don't need us. And that's a good thing. Right. Right. It's so great. Like seeing walking away from a client who is like
1: transitioned into motherhood, feeling just confident in her decisions and feeling supported and knowing like what her resources are locally um, and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, it's just a great feeling. It's like, it's like, go ahead and,
0: I don't know. You're like, you you got your wings now go and fly. (laughs) Yes. I'm laughing because I had said earlier in this episode, how, oh my gosh, I would have needed a doula. So is it okay if I share just like a small, small piece of like one of, so
1: I love the details. Tell me everything. (laughs) Oh, well, I don't
0: have a lot of details, but my husband's active duty and I was about halfway through Mm -hmm. my first pregnancy when we moved. So it was entirely new practice. Um, all new providers. And it just so happened on the day my water broke. And I went to the hospital, the midwife who would be delivering for me, it was the first time I met her and her name was Karen. God love Karen. She walks in the room and she's like, is there any, do you have a birth plan? I was like, no, I don't have a birth plan. She's like, what are your expectations? I was like, I don't know. I think this baby's just going to like, the baby's coming out. That's, and you're going to help me get it out. (laughs) And I was like, Karen, just promise me one thing. She's like, what's that? I was like, I want an epidural. No matter what, I want an epidural. (laughs) So my water broke spontaneously. And my daughter Mm -hmm. was born on her due date. But when I was admitted to the hospital, they're like, this is standard standard of care. We're going to start you on some Pitocin. Mm -hmm. But I didn't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So... So we left off with getting the Pitocin hooked up to my IV bag mm-hmm. and I was in visible discomfort. Cause Karen said, I'm going to check you now. And then it was like, all of a sudden Junie was coming. <laughs> but Karen promised me that epidural. And I don't know if it's true or not, but my nurse told me I was like nine centimeters mm-hmm. and I, Karen delivered. I still got that epidural, but I think, I probably should have just pushed her out any, any anyway, but I share that to say a doula would have been so helpful because I didn't know what to expect. So and I want to hear would something.
1: <laughs> something so funny about that story is only five percent of babies come on their due date for one, and only eight percent of labors start with your water breaking. <laughs> so like you had just like all the things happening that like aren't super typical and common and then also not having your husband there. So, I mean, kudos to you for even advocating for the epidural, because I'd be like, where am I? What day is it?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is all so, happening
1: so fast.
0: <laughs> thankfully, he was, he was there for the actual birth, oh, but like for, okay, for part of like for the pregnancy, pregnancy. for yeah. probably half the pregnancy he was gone. Um, But yeah, yeah. so I, I, gosh, like, I'm so grateful for the work that you and other doulas do. And I think that, I heard you say nutrition referrals and that transitionary period from giving birth to postpartum, maybe talk a little bit about that and um, how that impacts your clients or how, how you've seen it impact clients, just like the physical changes, emotional changes, and maybe like body image, things like that. Sure. Um,
1: So just the nutrition piece, as a whole has been like a huge interest of mine lately because I'm noticing in like prenatal appointments when we ask about like, how's your nutrition? um, Really a lot of care providers don't even touch on nutrition in pregnancy, which is crazy to me because it's like a huge piece of the puzzle um, because there's certain nutritional needs that you have in pregnancy that are different from when you're not pregnant. Um, And so that's just something that I've taken an interest on and that I feel like okay, I have to at least provide some information to our clients about nutrition. Um, And a lot of them don't even know about intuitive eating or anything like that. So it kind of feels like a weight on our shoulders. Just as like, okay, we have so much time and we've got to cover some of these things that aren't really being covered in traditional care models. Um, Now with midwifery models, there, there is a lot more being covered about nutrition and just body image and holistic health and stuff in that way. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's huge changes happening in pregnancy with your body and the way it looks and the way you feel about it and your energy levels and stuff. So, um, a lot of what we do and like aches and pains that people are experiencing can be related to nutrition. It's like, are you eating enough? A lot of people are so afraid of weight gain in pregnancy And Mm -hmm. that's kind of been beaten into people is just like, don't gain too much weight. It's going to be really hard to get the weight off. And, Mm -hmm. um, in those traditional care models, the first thing you do is step on the scale and they're making sure that you're, so it's just a lot of pressure on a mom, like to balance all those things.
0: (laughs) Yes. And again, the patient or mom to be doesn't even necessarily know she can say, Hey, like, I know you need to take my weight to ensure, you know, proper development of baby, but I would like to not face the scale, you know, for mm-hmm. maybe someone who has a history of eating disorder or, you know, for any <laughs> reason really. Um, in addition and, to and- that, many women are told expect to gain one pound per week. That's a great in theory or in a utopia world, but every pregnancy is different. Every woman is different. I know personally, I gained the majority of my weight in like a two month time frame. And to say, oh, it has to follow a linear progression, that can cause, I think, for some women, you know, make them more stressed. Um, and absolutely, if if it's not known that, hey, this might look different, even from like same woman, different pregnancies.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the problem too with just traditional medicine is that it doesn't take the whole person into account. Uh, like, what's your baseline? Um, what is your energy level? Like, you know, that, and it's not anybody's fault. There's just in a traditional care model of OB care, you go in and, and they have 10 minutes with you. Um, so they're not even really, they'll weigh you and say you've gained too much weight or not enough weight, but there's not a whole lot of emphasis on, are you eating foods that make you feel good? Do you feel tired throughout the day? Are you nauseous? Here are some foods that can help with that. Um, it's like a tool that isn't really being utilized, as far as mm-hmm. like helping with a lot of the common complaints that people have in pregnancy, and um, just taking into account how body image plays a part, and how talking about that in pregnancy could be so helpful. So that's something that we really try to focus on.
0: Yes, and every woman has a right to you know advocate for how she wants to deliver a baby, but I have heard it said um, that one woman opted for like a C-section because, you know, um, potential like complications from a traditional vaginal delivery. And it's like, well, you know, like just under, again, it comes back to understanding all of the um, nuances and benefits of Mm -hmm. what a doula can, can offer. Um, So, yeah, I think it is something that should be, more well advertised and um, the opportunity for more coverage from insurance companies.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And everything that a care provider says too is one thing that we tell our clients is like run it through the brain model. So it's benefits, risks, alternatives, what's your intuition telling you, and what happens if you do nothing. So that's something I feel like is really a helpful tool for our clients because a lot of times something will be thrown at you like, Hey, you need this. Like in your instance, like, Hey, we're going to start you on Pitocin.
0: What I would do in
1: that situation as a doula is say, Hey, here are the benefits of Pitocin. Here are the risks of Pitocin. Here are some alternatives. What do, how do you feel about it and talking through like, what's your gut telling you about this kind of intervention? And then what happens if we just do nothing and wait? So I think just people knowing that they have options and, um, there's a lot more information out there that might not necessarily be shared all the time, um, is really helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me about, um, when you guys are referring to other disciplines, um, what that might look like or how you build relationships. Cause I know that there's some listeners who have their own private practices and just making those connections is so key, Mm -hmm. not only from like, a Uh, privately owned healthcare group, but also just knowing as a client, like, hey, these are green lights to look for when I'm deciding on a healthcare provider.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, So that's one of the first things we talk about is their care provider choices. uh, Because it influences so much of your birth experience is if you have a care provider that's behind your birth preferences, that is willing to sit and take time with you and look you in the eye and kind of go through everything with you and ask you personal questions and that kind of thing. So um, we have kind of a list of things that we say to look for in a care provider. And we're also not shy about saying, hey, if you feel disrespected, if you feel um, uneasy when you leave your appointment, if you feel rushed, it's not ever too late to switch care providers. Um, my doula partner actually switched care providers at like 37 weeks pregnant, which sounds really stressful, but she said it was so worth it because feeling like she was completely supported in her birth was like totally worth the stress of switching last minute. So that's something mm-hmm. that we're huge on. Um, and then as far as other referrals, like postpartum referrals to uh, PT, like a lot of physical therapy for their pelvic floor after birth or during mm-hmm. pregnancy is actually really helpful during pregnancy too, which a lot of people don't know. Um, So, you know, Stephanie and I both have little ones at home, so it's really hard for us to like do the networking thing. Um, But we've definitely built some relationships with other people in the uh, the area that we will refer out to. And it's just people that we know are so passionate about specifically um, prenatal nutrition, prenatal, it's a holistic healthcare model basically. So yeah, choosing providers that get it (laughs) is so important. Um, And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's just a checklist of like, hey, here's some red flags, here's some green flags, kind of go based on that. And then also use your intuition. And how do you feel around this person, basically?
0: Uh, That's so key to so many things in life, gut and intuition, for sure. Um, And I know we had chatted a little bit before we hopped on here about some research articles and talk to me about, because I'll be the first to admit pregnancy uh, Mm and is not my first area of expertise. What is the most up-to-date research stating about women needing to be NPO during the birth process um, or even just in general (laughs) nutrition during the pregnancy and and, uh, postpartum period?
1: Yeah. Huge on the NPO, we are very passionate about. Women need to eat in labor. (laughs) It's like running a marathon on nothing. Like it's just absolutely crazy. Karen Um, was like, "I was just gonna say, Karen.
0: I was I, I gave birth to her a little after midnight, and it was noon the last time I had anything to eat or drink. I was like, Karen, can I just get some ice chips over here? And she's like, No. And I was like, Why? And her response was something to the effect of in case emergency happens and we need to take you to the OR, you can't have anything. And I was like, well, I feel like a raisin. She's like, that's why you have your IV. Right. Right. Okay.
1: So basically it dates back 50 years. Hospital policy is just super slow to catch up to like current research. Um, So basically the idea is if you need to be knocked out basically for your C-section, if you need general anesthesia, um, the thought is if you don't have anything in your stomach, you're less likely to aspirate. So, but research has proven that that's just not best practice. Like a very, very small percentage of women need to be under general anesthesia and have an emerge, a true emergency cesarean where, mm-hmm. you know, it's not an epidural situation. Like they're completely out. Um, but a hundred percent of women do need energy during labor. So it's like the risk benefit analysis just doesn't really check out there. Um, And then if you think like somebody that gets into a car crash and needs emergency surgery, like they're just going to give you emergency surgery. Does it matter that your stomach is full? Um, And also you can still aspirate on stomach fluid. So all of it, (laughs) that was just a big rambling of no I, because I'm so passionate about that topic because it's like it's so difficult to go through such a grueling physical process without any energy
0: um no, so yeah. yes
1: no I would evening.
0: agree and that that's true yes if someone oh would need to come and emerge and taking a time out what do you need Ben my five-year-old needs me to get something off a shelf what do you want baby oh okay we'll scoot back Okay. Is this one yours? All right. Double duty over here. Zooming and momming. It's just mom, working mom life. <laughs> um, and I feel like it's definitely a knowledge gap of mine that, oh my gosh, to connect with you and be able to say, hey, I don't have the answer, but my friend Sydney does, I think is so paramount. Mm-hmm. paramount. And um, acknowledging, you. you know, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. Two good resources too, on just all of those things. Um, specifically on, um, nutrition is the real foods for pregnancy by Lily Nichols. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, yes, she, yes, yes, yes. yeah,
0: yeah. Have you read that? Um, I've read excerpts. It's on my very, very, very long list of books to read. Yeah.
1: So hers is incredible yeah. because it's, it's for one, you would think like a nutrition book for pregnancy would just be like kind of a snooze fest, but it's so good <laughs> the way she writes um, that like you actually really enjoy it. She's just like really good at presenting a lot of information in like a really interesting way. And it's so well researched. Like it's almost like a textbook. She's like citing all these studies and she's always posting on her Instagram, like updated studies and things. So that's a huge one um, that we okay. always recommend for our clients. And it's really like the guidance in that book is good for anybody. Um, with factoring in the intuitive eating part of this though, if you are, um, new to intuitive eating, reading that book could be kind of overwhelming. Cause it's like a lot of just nutrition information thrown at you. If you've been mm-hmm. doing it for a while and you're kind of at that gentle nutrition part of intuitive eating, then it's great. Cause it gives you a lot of recommendations, but, um, uh, I always just like to tell clients, like, think of them as things that you could add into your diet, not to like scare you and make you feel like I have to restrict and all this stuff, but, um, just things that you can add into your diet that are super nutrient dense, um, is a good way to look at it. I think.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So Lily Nichols, and uh, I think you said you had another, another go-to. Yes.
1: So another go-to just for information in general, like they have a whole research article on, um,
0: the whole NPO
1: policy is evidence-based birth.com. Okay. So it's Rebecca Decker. She is a uh, nurse with her PhD and she takes all of these meta analysis and studies and research. And she makes it like palatable for people that don't read <laughs> research articles like me. Um, and they have like super convenient one page printouts um, that have been super helpful for all of our clients and, we're always referring to that website. Like, hey, if you want to know about why they don't let you eat in labor, here's a research article about, you know, the evidence behind that.
0: And one more time for listeners, you said evidence?
1: Evidencebasedbirth.com.
0: Evidencebasedbirth.com. All right, I'll include that yeah. in the show notes too. What other good to know information about doulas, pregnancy,
1: resources um, that
0: maybe you hadn't mentioned, if anything, or... Last comments, takeaways.
1: Yeah, so I would say again, going back to provider choice is huge. Um, finding a provider that I think listening to their language is super important. Like, we don't allow you to do this, or we are going to do this type of language isn't really what you're looking for. <laughs> um, you want to have a provider that wants to have a conversation with you. That's like, hey, this is what we recommend as you know people that have been doing this forever and we have you know we've gotten fancy degrees for this but Mm -hmm. keeping it open to a conversation versus saying we are going to do this when you're we are going to induce you at 39 weeks or we are not going to allow you to eat um i think is really key so like tuning into how your provider's talking to you and the language that that they're using um can totally transform your birth experience um just those differences that might seem subtle but they're actually huge when it comes to like actually being in the
0: birth room yeah absolutely so said tell us how we can contact you if someone's listening and they're like hey i have a friend who would be interested in this or hey i'm pregnant or i'm thinking about becoming pregnant how they Mm could reach you to find out more about your doula practice that you share with stephanie
1: yeah, so best way would probably be on Instagram. So we are at Wyborski Revelino Doula. that is a mouthful. So maybe I'll just have you put it in the show notes for the listeners. Um and we're local to Cincinnati, but we're working on adding like a um a service to our website that's like virtual consult consulting basically. So sort of Mm -hmm. like a prenatal appointment like we would do with our local moms, but just giving a lot of information, talking to provider options, explaining procedures to people, whatever it is that you need. Um, So that's something that we're working on adding as well as a service so that we can help moms that are further away.
0: Very nice. It's snack time over here. Mm, Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what she got a hold of. So To summarize, you said in person in in the Cincinnati area and virtual is a work in progress to offer consulting services that way.
1: Yeah, but if somebody has like questions or something or just wants to talk, like how do I find a good provider? We have some resources that we could just send to people. Um, So if you're listening and you're pregnant or you're thinking about becoming pregnant and you want to find a practitioner that's supportive, then yeah, definitely reach out and we can help with that.
0: Awesome, 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 awesome. I appreciate your flexibility with my secretary over here
1: and totally uh, <laughs> she's a cute secretary
0: Can you say howdy Hey, now she's in. shy <laughs> <laughs> that's how it should be when you're asked to do something at work you just hide Not right kidding. exactly <laughs> um anywho lots of great resources and information discussed all will be included in the show notes and I so appreciate your time and wealth of information said. It's so good to talk to you. Y'all be sure to check out Wyborski and Rebellino Doula on Instagram as well as the show notes for resources. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, y'all, cheers.